Well, I am so grateful. I don't know who picked that song, but thank you because <laughs> it was very important for me to remember. He makes the week strong because uh, getting up here is a little terrifying. Um, like you said, my name is Becky Thomas. I'm a deacon. Um, and before we get started, I have just a couple of confessions. I usually, I sometimes lead confession here. Um, which Mike did this morning, and I can't really start the sermon without confessing some stuff. So, uh, first confession, half of my wardrobe is currently on my bedroom floor um, because I didn't know what to wear this morning. Um, And, you know, my husband, lovely Ian right there, said, oh, just go with a suit like you wear at court every day because I'm a lawyer, and so that's uh, that made sense, and I was like, well, I don't know. I don't want to seem too stuffy. I don't feel really uncomfortable. I don't really want to wear that, um, but then I thought, oh, i got a lot of first service people here. What uh, will they see, think if I wear, you know, leggings or something crazy, um, and so I was sitting there agonizing over it this morning, pulling things out of my closet left, right, and center, unpacking boxes we haven't unpacked yet um, for the winter, and... Thank goodness God stopped me and said, I don't think that's the point of this morning, Becky. I don't think that's your focus. And so it was a check um, on me that I desperately needed. You guys aren't here to listen to me. You're not here um, ignoring me or listening to me extra based on my age or my gender and what I'm wearing um, you're here because you want to hear about the word of the Lord. So that was that's confession number one, and thank you for uh, indulging that. Confession number two is this is a dream of mine. Um, not just giving the sermon, but wearing this headset. Um, <laughs> since Britney Spears came out, it was always a dream to have the headset on, and I could not be more excited. Um, So thank you for helping make that a reality, guys. Um, So, uh, this summer we have been talking about um, Jesus and and reading his words through the book of John and deciding whether we believe what he says is true. And if we actually believe what what he says is true, does that change what we are doing with our lives? how we are choosing to live. Uh, So we're going to read through chapter 14 of John today, if you want to go ahead and start flipping um, or clicking on your phone. But um, before we get started reading, I'm going to pray for us. Holy Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, hide me behind the cross today. Make this weak shell strong with your words and your spirit. Let the words of today fall fresh on these people, like on the day of Pentecost. Let them fall uniquely, perfectly crafted for those people with their unique lives and in their language. Let these words shine through their lives and show them that they are not alone, that they are loved, that you know their names, and that their experiences are validated in your words, and that you are there to show them a life transformed 
do all these things in, with your will and your name and to glorify the Father. Amen. So, John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you that. Oh, nope. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Now Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said to him, I have, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. These are the awesome and precious words of Jesus. So, as we read this, I want to just keep us in mind of these two basic questions we've been asking ourselves this summer in different ways. Do we believe what Jesus says here? And what does that mean for us? How do we have to respond to that? So, in John chapter 14, there's some things, there's two big statements we're going to be looking at today, um, even though there's a ton to unpack in this chapter. Um, and so, first I'm going to put us back into a little bit of context for John chapter 14. We are at the Last Supper. This is the last few precious hours Jesus had on this earth with his, with his disciples. Judas Iscariot has just betrayed Jesus He's gotten up from the Passover table and left to go betray Jesus. The next thing Jesus says is, Peter, by the way, the guy I nicknamed the solid rock, you're going to deny me three times. Two of his 12 disciples have just been outed as disloyal. So it's in that context that Jesus says in verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. I mean, think about that context. Jesus is sitting in the midst of these people who have just demonstrated this weak faith. They are all probably saying they're freaking out a little bit, right? I've just been following this guy for three years, and now one-sixth of us have, have just been outed as disloyal. 
Is this really going to work? This can't be, go well. If Judas is going to go betray him, this isn't going to end well tonight. And so it's important to see that because what Jesus does next is he helps to reassure them with his next words. We're going to skip on down to, ver- to verse 6 where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. This is in response to those troubles, right? This is actually in response to when Thomas is sitting there and doing what Thomas does, which is doubting, and saying to, in reassurance, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. It's not a way. I checked. <laughs> it is a definite article because it is an exclusive way to the Father. No one goes to the Father except through me. So the first question we've got to ask ourselves, folks, is do we believe that is true? Do we believe Jesus when he says no one comes to the Father except through me? That he is the way, the truth, not a way, a truth. And I would submit to you guys this. If there were many ways to God the Father, if there were many ways to heaven, if there were many ways to those rooms in paradise, then what the Father did to Jesus is disgusting. Without, if there were many ways, if you, could, if you could be a good person, if you could show up to church often enough, if you could be nice enough, if you could follow a different religion and find your way to the Father, then God the Father sacrificed and tortured His Son for no good reason. Because that, all that means is that we could go some other way. So he didn't send his only begotten son then to forgive the sins of the world for any good reason. So you really have to choose one or the other. If you're going to believe that Jesus is a way, you have to then follow that Jesus is the way. Because a God, a father that would do that to his son, when there was any other choice, is not a God of love. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die because it was the only way to back to him. So then, if we believe that that is true, we have the second follow-up question. What does that mean for us? What does it mean that there is just one way to Jesus? One way to the Father, through Jesus. There we go. I was reminded of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And the New Living Translation uh, puts it really well. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. That means that we have a radical life change to make when we decide to follow Jesus. And that that way is not a one-time thing. Otherwise, it would be, I am the point. I am the crossroads. I am... 
you know, the stop, the truth, and the life. No, it's a way. It's a constant decision that we have to make to constantly, radically change our lives in a way that doesn't look like the world. For me, that has looked like um, what my family likes to joke as uh, the wayward trip to Ohio. Um, I graduated from the University of North Carolina. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Like everybody almost on staff here, I'm from North Carolina. And uh, we... I babysat for a Bible study. That's how I became a Christian. Some, uh, someone I babysat for became a Christian. Needed someone, joined a Bible study. They needed a babysitter. Twelve-year-old me went with my sister to go babysit for this Bible study. Fifteen years later, uh, I'm standing up here. And in the middle of that, uh, one of the families moved from Raleigh to Dayton, Ohio. And I came up to visit for two weeks. I graduated and I moved I was moving to New York for the summer to work, and then I was going to travel for a year before law school and go do, like, Muay Thai kickboxing camp in Thailand or something. I don't know. I was, I was going to go travel, right? And so I came to visit these people in Dayton, Ohio, and was here for two weeks. And in the midst of being here, that family came to me and said, those parents, we've been praying about it, and we really feel like God wants you here with us, living with us. And so this was radical step number, I don't know, 450 at that point, right? I've been a Christian for a little bit. And my radical choice was to go travel, which is what my comfort zone is, you know, not staying in one place too long and doing what I want to do or doing I don't know what in Dayton, Ohio, which I'm not sure I could have found on a map before this day, and um, live with these people who are very nice, um, but have two young kids, and I know no one else in this entire town, or in this state for that matter, and um, see what happens. So I said, sure, I'll see what happens. Um, can't, if God's saying I should stay, then who am I to stop him? And uh, that, following Jesus on that path has been enormously difficult and enormously satisfying in in equal measure. Um, I'm here with you guys today because of that decision. I am uh, married today because of that decision. I'm a lawyer. I um, I have worked at my dream job with my dream organization with International Justice Mission in India when I was there for eight months. Um, And I have a trajectory of my life that I... I know will honor God, and I feel like he has called me to. And it is so deeply satisfying to be in the midst of that direction because of that decision. But it has been really difficult at times. Um, I was in Ohio when I found out my sister might have ovarian cancer, and I couldn't go home. I was in India when I found out my dad had had a series of strokes um, and they didn't know what his status was going to be. I was far away when I found out that he might have Alzheimer's or might need to have brain surgery and they were still trying to figure out what was going on. And there have been gripping moments where Jesus has said, let the dead bury their dead 
follow me. And that way has been narrow indeed. I have been called to do things that have been very difficult. And so I say all of this to you because both of those things are true with Jesus. This narrow way is both beautiful and difficult. It is purifying, and that is beautiful, but that process can be painful. And so as we think about that and as we consider what's going on in our own lives, ask yourself, are you on that narrow way? And what might God be asking you to purify in your life in that process? Our next section that we're going to look at today is uh, 14, verses 12 and 13. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So again, back to our first question. Do we believe Jesus, when he says that we can do even greater things than him, even bigger miracles than he can, because he's gone to the Father. Do we believe that? i got to tell you guys, this is the part of the story where I do some more confessing and admit that I am terrible about this one. I think I have operated in a tiny faith. And I'm actually really grateful that we have the words of Thomas and Philip here to make me feel a little left out about myself. Thomas asked, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we find the way? When he's literally been following Jesus for three years. And he still says, I don't know where you're going. Um, and Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. He's seen miracles. Philip has seen Peter walk on water. Philip has seen him turn tiny amounts of food into enough to feed thousands. He has seen healings. He has seen demons cast out. And he's still saying, I need some more proof. And that is so reassuring for me. Their tiny faith is still enough for Jesus. And I think the reason for that is because it's not about their faith. It's about the object of their faith. Their faith is in the truth and the life. It's not in one of these idols that we sung about, how other religions have. It's not in uh, their own strength and their power and their goodness. It's not in the number of times they show up to church or the number of groups they volunteer for. It's not in the number of times they, you know, do a good job at work. It is in the truth and the life. And so when Jesus then responds to them and says, even greater works than me, ask them in my name and I'll do them. We have to then think, what does that mean for us? How do we then apply it? Do we believe it? And I want to make us wary real quick here, not to misuse this verse. I'm reminded of Psalm 37.4, which is something people quote all the time. 
Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is not Jesus, the Christian version of Alakazam. That is not a magic word. In my name, in Jesus' name. Um, Don't burn dinner in Jesus' name. Uh, You know, get me into college in Jesus' name. It is not just magic words. In my name, just like delight in the Lord is a precursor. It's like, if you delight in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of his heart, of your heart. Because that is a process. When you delight in the Lord, you become like the Lord. And then the desires of your heart align with God's will. So it's easy for him to bestow them on you. In a similar way, in my name, Jesus says it here is so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So, what are we asking for in Jesus' name? Are they things that are, according to Scripture, bringing glory to the Father? Is that what's in our hearts when we ask for it? A lot of times, it's not (laughs) for me. Um, I would say that for, for what I struggle with in this part is, I am both afraid in my little little faith that I cannot do more, even greater works than Jesus. And so it's led me not to pray for things. It's led me not to pray for my father's health or my parents' salvation. It has stopped me from doing a lot of praying and a lot of believing that I am ashamed of. But, again, Jesus says, even with that tiny little faith, it's enough. Because it's not about my faith. It's not about anything I do. It's about what Jesus is capable of in order to bring the glory to the Father. So as I wrap this up, I just want you to, again... Got to go back to what I'm used to. Some more time of confession. And I want us to each take a moment and really think about if we believe Jesus when he said that he was the only way to the Father and that we can do even greater works than him. In my own walk, where are places that I am falling short of that? Just, I'm serious. Take a moment. Let's all think about it. <laughs> Holy Spirit, guide us to that truth. Show us our weak faith, Father. Now, as you're sitting there thinking about that application time, I want you to think about one person that you need to tell that to today. One person whose faith you can build up because you admitted your own weakness. One person that you think needs to hear the truth about Jesus. I'll tell you mine because I already know which one it is.
uh, and I'm going to call my daddy and talk to him about it today. So take a moment and think about who you can tell about what's going on in your heart, the truth that you have had revealed by the Holy Spirit today to build somebody else up. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. We want to know you so that we can come through the fa- come to the Father, so that we can bring glory to the Father. As we all sit here today in the truth of who you are, I ask that you come to each one of us and use this as a chance to build us up that we are in our weak faith still yours in our in our sad little doubting there's still enough faith for you to do greater works than even you did while you were here because you have gone to the Father and you work through us. Let this be a church that is built up in that truth, Lord, that though we may be weak, we are in fact mighty because of what you do in us. And let us always remember, Jesus, that we seek to do all things to glorify the Father. Not for our own selfish gain, not for our comfort, not for numbers in the pews. This is all for your glory, that the Father may be glorified. And correct us when we are wrong in that. It's in your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. All right.